Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day. It will brighten all the way if you keep on the sunny side of life. Hi, my name is Joe Martin, and I want to thank you for taking a couple of moments to to watch this weekend or this week, midweek cabin talk. And I realize I'm sorry. Uh, some of you were wondering what happened last week, but we were at kids camp doing a kids camp with a bunch of folks and up in the mountains. And so this is a camping season. So sometimes we're a little hit and miss. Um, I want to, um, but. Uh, there will be, and also some of you mentioned the the weekend message was not available. Well, I was, we didn't get that in early enough, so for the cabin talk, but there was a live stream and you can go back and get it. There was a little bit of a miscommunication. It didn't get up on the website, so some of you get that, um, that you get that link and you went there and you couldn't find it. You could have gotten it on Facebook, but it's there now. And if you want to go back and look at last week's weekend message, that'd be great. I want to talk to you in the midweek about healers of division. There's been a lot of division. You know, the most recent statistics in uh, for in-person church attendance post-COVID is, um, depending on who you read, different groups have different metrics on this, and I'm not sure exactly what they're measuring 60% of pre-COVID numbers are pretty common number you hear. Um, churches are still recovering from pandemic losses. Uh, as a matter of fact, Lifeway Research uh, came out a few months ago uh, comparing to the beginning of 2021. It was a little bit better, their view. Um, more U.S. Protestant churches are gathering in person and more churchgoers are filling pews um, uh, the, moving in the direction of attendance, you know, pre-pandemic levels, but it's stalled. It's been stalled really since last fall. Uh, the latest uh, Lifeway research uh, study found that uh, despite a new variant wave of COVID-19, um, most churches are meeting, 97% are meeting uh, as of January this year. The percentage of churches meeting in person is essentially about the same as it was a year ago. Um, it said uh, the, but the attendance is about, about, if you average out churches that have really taken a hit and other churches that have maybe returned uh, mostly, uh, attendance is um, at about 76%. Um, right now, and that's basically flat since last August. Um, almost every church meets in per, uh, in person right now. Um, Scott uh, McConnell, he's the executive director of Lifeway Research, um, 
and many churches like us are trying to restart their important ministries, you know, kids' ministries and camps and man camp we have next week. I'll be doing that up in the Goat Rocks Wilderness. Um, and uh, we're encouraging, you know, and most churches are encouraging people to do um, in person uh, for those that don't have underlying health issues. And of course, if you're sick, we don't want you to do that. But this is becoming more endemic, even though COVID has not gone away. And I don't want to spend a bunch of time, but just on this issue, the average U.S. Protestant church reports attendance at about 74% of what it was prior to COVID-19, which means one in four persons are not going anywhere that anybody can find. And uh, more than eight in 10 churches have an attendance of at least half of what it was prior to the pandemic um, in Protestant churches are about 74% um, uh, in most cases, when you average them all out. Um, People's return to in-person worship, for some of you this has been tough, has been stalled. Um, Like I said, no change since August. Some of it is is that people get sick and they need to go into quarantine and... uh, and sometimes it includes, like some of you, wisely, you may say, hey, I just don't want to do that. Or I'm going to go to that outdoor service that you have at First Baptist at 930. I just can't. As a matter of fact, 8% of churches report being at 90% of pre-COVID numbers. And there's some speculation that a lot of that is just due to transfers from other churches. Um, mostly not really like growth from people being converted baptisms or anything like that are still way down COVID numbers mostly are um, just shifting and people shifting and shopping Uh, most churches people um, um, you know that's kind of what's happened and yet you know it's an interesting thing as we get to what we're talking about today about healing divisions you know, most people, most of you, um, if you're watching this now, probably most of the people that this uh, would affect or matter uh, aren't watching this, but most people committed to a local church. That's my church and that's my church family. And yet, even though they were covenanted, you know, I'm going to be usable, teachable, available, faithful, accountable, um, people split away. And people walked away due to differences, not really about theology, but differences or disagreements or maybe just discouragement because it was really hard, wasn't it? It was hard. Um, You know, division is a common problem throughout the history of the church. And it's especially common in the modern church because, well, let me just list two or three or four things that I think will be helpful. Number one, because many people in modern church culture have traded without even realizing it. Churches have done it too. And we've made this mistake. The family model for a fan model. In other words, it's all about like getting the crowd, you know, you want to, you're promoting. Um, And so what that you end up doing, rather than doing deep discipleship with people, you tend, the trend is to keep the fans happy. I've actually had people tell me stuff like that. Um, The congregation The second problem is we've traded the congregation for the corporation, the the thinking congregationally for the corporation and uh, running the church like a business or like a 
um, and people thinking about the church like it's a business, like it's a one-stop um, kind of box store. Can it's all about convenience and which as the third thing, which is we have traded the church member for the customer in our thinking. You know, uh, people expect to be taken care of and you have to keep the customer satisfied. I've actually had other leaders tell me that, you know, you didn't, you weren't thinking about, um, uh, you weren't tailoring what you were doing to, to meet customer demand. And of course, uh, the reality is, is our responsibility is not to give people what they want, but to do what is right and to give them what they need as God leads us. But what does God think about this stuff? What does God think about all the shifting and and shopping and what does God think about division and those who spread it? You know, sometimes you can spread division within your congregation or between other Christians uh, without being active about it. But you're passively encouraging it because you really don't ever question it. You know, Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians 1.10, real problem in that. They talk about a church that had issues. Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. He doesn't say anything about bail out or just go do your own thing or start another group. He says, um, work this out. Get your minds together. You know, do the work that you all agree. There be no divisions among you. For I have been informed concerning you, brethren, by Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you. (laughs) He'd heard it. Uh, And it always does get around, doesn't it? Now I mean this, that each of you uh, is saying, I am a Paul or I am a Paulus. And by the way, I just say this, you know, people think, you know, um, that you're not going to hear about <laughs> stuff. You know, Paul, they had no internet or anything else. And Paul was like, I heard about this. You know, when there's division and when people are, you know, passively or actively being divisive, it always gets around. You hear about it. Now, I mean this, that each of you is saying, I am of Paul and I am of Apollos and a I am of Cephas, and I am of Christ. Has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one would say you were baptized by my name. There was this factionalism and, and fanism that was going on, and he was like having no part of that. As a matter of fact, he says later, when he's talking about the body, about the nature of the church in chapter 12, verses uh, 12, 25, he says, and there were, there may be no divisions in the body, no divisions, but that the members may have the same care for one another. You, you care about each other. You really do. And if one member suffers and the, and all the members suffer with it, if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. You know, people have said to me, you know, I feel really bad about this, that I'm pulling out or I'm not going to do this. And it, I just can't get, you know, I feel uncomfortable with it and I feel sad about it. And I, and I really have to say to them, you're supposed to. You're supposed to care about the church that God led you into and grew you into and that you covenanted with. You, it ought to bother you. You're not, this isn't a Costco membership. This is a member of God's family, new family in the world. 
well, there has been so much suffering. And he says, when one member, we're to suffer together, you know, and we've been through a lot of suffering, you know, emotionally and physically, isolation, depression. There has been much suffering, but suffering together is a body practice, church practice, not a customer practice. And so people say, I don't need this. I want to go someplace where it makes me feel good. It's not hard. So what causes division? Well, I'll give you a few things Paul mentions. Personalities, not prophecies. You know, people are always kind of tying it into that. He says, this was not about somebody having greater preaching or or, um, somebody speaking greater truth. And oftentimes I will say that sometimes leaders... People misuse relationships and they misuse their gifts. Paul says, look, personalities are not what it's about. I have been informed concerning you, brethren, of Chloe's people that are quarrels among you. And I mean this, some of, you know, each one of you is saying, I'm a Paul, I'm a Paul or Apollos, who is a younger guy, who is a dynamic speaker, an a, a orator, a, uh, and I have Cephas and I am of Christ. What gets in the way is divisions are caused oftentimes by personalities, not by prophecy. Oh, it wasn't it had nothing to do with God leading you someplace. God said, go here. That's a prophetic thing. Personality. Opinions, not truth. That, that's what one of the main things that gets in the way, creates um, division. Has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Jesus? You know... Uh, it's one thing if your church is like denying the divinity of, of Jesus or the sufficiency of the cross. Is it that your church denies the cross? That somehow they've just bailed on Jesus? Or is it just your opinion about some ancillary thing? Some not clear scripture thing. It's just a matter of your preference. Man, that's weak. Romans 4.4 4 says... Who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master, he stands or falls, and he will stand, and the Lord is able to make him stand. One person regards one day above another, and another regards every day alike. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day, observes it for the Lord, and he who eats does so for the Lord, but he gives thanks to God. And he who eats not, For the Lord, he does not eat, and he gives thanks to God. He's just saying there's so much stuff that we can let ourselves get divided over. Paul says, don't do that. Don't have more strength in yourself and in your love for God and his people. And then another issue with division is it's popularity, not power. Paul had tons of power, but he wasn't as popular as some of the other dynamos and the cool things that were going on. As a matter of fact, 2 Corinthians, he says, therefore I am well content with weaknesses. (laughs) He was not a rock star. With insults, with distresses, they were putting him down. They were talking bad about him. With persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, I am strong. You know, when we are vulnerable, when we're hurting and we're struggling, we're owning it. That's when we're strong. Paul says, I have become foolish. My image has suffered. You yourselves compelled me. Actually, I should have been commended by you. For in no respect was I inferior to the most eminent 
apostles, even though I am a nobody. The sign of a true apostles were performed among you with all perseverance by signs and wonders and miracles. He says, I got power. For in what respect were you treated as inferior to the rest of the churches, except that I myself did not become a burden to you? Forgive me for this wrong. Paul is hurt, you can see here. He's saying, I didn't put a lot on you. But he says, this is not about a lack of power. This is just a personality. I wasn't as flashy, perhaps. So what's your and my job in these times where there's a lot of division and people are distracted and people are, are drifting? There's, you know, among pre, uh, pre-COVID attendance, there's one in, you know, one in four or one in five that are still off in the weeds someplace, haven't decided. Well, what's your and my job? Well, don't be pulled into factions actively. You see, being divisive is like when you're actively trying to create division, recruiting kind of thing. Factions are when you just kind of let yourself go along. You let yourself, you kind of sympathize and you just kind of go along with it rather than saying something. Uh, fac- factions passively encourage people to to um, drift. Whereas what you're supposed to do, encourage people to keep their covenants. If they have a problem with somebody in their church, whether it's a leader or somebody else, go and talk to them. Be brave. Grow up in this area, into all things, not be pushed to and fro. And uh, talk to those who who they have divisions with and not other people. Not you become the spokesperson for them. You encourage them to grow up enough to have that conversation. This is why Paul said to the Ephesians, therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, he's locked up, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called with all humility, ooh, gentleness and patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. Boy, isn't that something? We're quick to just give up on each other. But that's tolerance. Be, and then he says, do this, be diligent. Ooh, that's a strong word. To preserve, hold together, the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. God puts us together. He led you. You say, oh, I believe God led me here. Be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. You know, preserving the unity of Spirit and the bond of peace takes work. It takes effort. Not passive acceptance. Well, I guess if that's what you want to do. It takes loving, courageous diligence to challenge people, to keep their promises. People who sink from being serious followers of Jesus into being fans will just not grow like they could. Now, there are going to be people. There always is. It needs be divisions among you that it becomes clear who's who. But some will insist on division and departure. And you can't do anything about it. Neither can I. But those who will grow in love, if we're going to do that, if we're going to grow in love, grow up together, like Ephesians says, we have to do it together. And that is not easy. It's not easy in families, and it's not easy in God's new family. Families in the faith take a lot of work, take a lot of commitment, sometimes suffering together. 
so that we can rejoice together. It takes a lot of faithfulness. But you know what? I, the vast majority of those watching this, I know you've done that. And I know you can do that for others that are kind of on the fence. Let's get to work doing that, being diligent to preserve, to hold on to, to preserving things takes some real effort, the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Thanks for watching this. God bless you. Share it with somebody else. Share it with somebody who you think needs to hear this from me. All right. God bless you.